years, your brain might turn to putty. But there's still a chance to learn. We'll be your study buddies. We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool. Take out the aggression. The the Monday morning aggression. Monday morning aggression. Good morning, everybody. It's morning for us. Welcome to the Study Buddies podcast, where we bring you the latest in science and psychology. And sometimes more. My name is Paula Sanchez-Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. We are your co-hosts. We got Monday morning aggression because it's the morning and we're recording and we've had coffee! Yes, yes we have. And we are ready to go. We are ready to start this study. Today, Paula has brought in us a study about one of one of my most favorite things in the world. Um, what is it about, Taylor? Tell us. It's about pizza. <laughs> okay, well, it's a little bit about pizza. We are jumping just right ding-dang in because we've had coffee it's and we're freaking ready. Study. It's a study about pizza. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't say the study is like exactly about pizza, but it does involve pizza, which I think is really exciting. That's what I said. It's about pizza. <laughs> okay. No, but it it's it's about something. Can you tell us a little bit more about what it what it is about? Yeah. So I'm gonna actually start with a little, uh, just a quick little. What is that called? A dis. Oh, a disclaimer. That's what they're yes. called. Um, I'm going to start with a little disclaimer and just say that as we talk about the study, I want to acknowledge we're going to use the term male and man interchangeably, as that was the language that was used in the study. But I want to acknowledge firsthand that this language does not encompass the entire complexity of gender as a construct. And we hope that in the future we can find more studies that speak to this complexity um, outside of a binary gender representation. But for today, we will be using the terms male and man interchangeably. Which leads me to the title of this study. Are you ready, Taylor? Are you ready for this? Yes. Please tell us the title of the pizza study. It's got a bit of a spoiler title, but I'll tell you now anyway. It's called Eating Heavily. Men Eat More in the Company of Women. What? I didn't know that. Crazy. <laughs> so what inspired this study? Tell us about this pizza study and how it's going to tell us <laughs> that men eat more in the company of women. I just I can't get over the fact that you keep calling this a pizza study. <laughs> it is a pizza study about pizza. It's mainly about pizza. We're going to talk about sauce. Okay. Go. <laughs> okay. So this study was inspired. Um, I should have had a bigger there's, breakfast. There's been a lot of... <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> it's okay. Uh, so this study was inspired by the like large amount of evidence that speaks to what we're calling sexual selection as a raising for disordered eating among women. So that implies that when male mate preferences prize or uphold a certain trait, such as straight men liking super thin women, then women will feel pressure to eat lightly in front of men and also around and also around women as a competition of sorts, which can lead to disordered eating, such as anorexia. Okay. Um, and that's like essentially all to acquire um, a male mate. 
So this study was like basically inspired by the same principle of studies that have shown like women are like, I'm going to have a light salad when they're around men because we want to be like, look how dainty and adorable I am. And I'm so tiny and cute and fragile and like a wounded deer that needs to be saved by you strong masculine men. So I will eat lettuce like a deer would. Yes. (laughs) Sure. We can call that sexual selection if you like. Yes. So we eat less when we studies have shown in the past that women eat less while men are around. So they're like, what 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 might that work out to for men? Right. Exactly. Yes. Okay. So what you were talking a little bit about sexual selection. Can you describe what you mean by sexual selection? Yes. So sexual selection, it's a scientific evolutionary theory, and it proposes that members of one sex choose mates of the other sex who possess visible physical trait adaptations that show potential for successful offspring. So it's choosing a mate based on their size, indicating potentially their health, and that would lead to a very productive offspring, successful offspring if they are healthy. Um, So a lot of the times we talk about sexual selection in regards to features that make a mate appear healthy. So basically you're saying like they're picking, we do the sexual selection thing, we pick physical traits that would make someone seem healthier. And that is also included when we look at how someone's eating habits might be? Potentially. Yeah. So they wanted to um, recognize these sex difference in respect to eating in social settings because they recognize the potential influence of sexual selection being a factor. Okay. Since it's frequent that men are eating with women, they wanted to test this prediction because overeating can be dangerous for the long-term health of an individual. So it can have a public health. Oh, my effect. gosh. So that is why Mike Pence does not eat in the presence of women other than his wife. It is actually a health choice. <gasps> I'm just learning so much. <laughs> so <laughs> kidding. That was a joke. I did not know that. Is that true? Oh, he has said that he does not want to eat alone with women who are not his wife. Wow. That is so weird. We love politics. So anyway, let's talk about the theory of sexual selection, um, which is composed of, I think, two different ideas. Yeah. Wow. Sorry. My mind is kind of blown right now. But we'll jump into these two different ideas of sexual selection. (laughs) So we have two things. We have intersexual and intrasexual. Mm. So intersexual pressures are the traits that opposite Sorry, the traits that the opposite sex possesses that would make them a preferable mate for reproduction. So we were talking about, you know, women being thin before. So it's like when a man sees a woman being thin, then he's like, oh, that is a viable mate. Mm -hmm. There's that. Okay, so what is intrasexual? Then intrasexual is the importance of male-slash-female competition as an avenue of gaining reproductive success. So essentially, it would be me trying to look thinner than you, Taylor, or okay. it would be a man, a straight man, like trying to like lift heavier than another man in the gym, if that makes sense. Okay. So an intersexual is like when you're 
kind of mixing boys and girls together and how they're competing for each other's like from the opposite sex and yes. intrasexual is like women competing against women or men competing against men to be like the best exactly yeah and these are all like we're talking about evolutionary theory so it can feel super when you hear I mean personally I think when I hear these things I'm like oh my god that's so archaic blah 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 but all of these studies are just looking into the ways that this plays into our current lives it's not saying that it is the standard all the time there's many different things that exist within um, gender as a construct so this doesn't always play into factor but it's just what science is exploring when it when it comes to evolution okay so they wanted to focus on male eating behaviors for female mate choice so they wanted to look at an intersexual lens and then they said and i quote from this perspective if one assumed that overconsumption among men was adaptive, then one would expect women to indicate preference for men who are able to consume relatively greater amounts of food when compared with other men. So they're saying that if overconsumption, so like eating a lot of food in men was adaptive, and adaptive meaning helpful for the sustenance of life, okay, then they would expect women to prefer men who can eat a lot there is like a we i get like i don't know why but we i think sometimes we fetishize like being able to eat a lot of food like there's a there's a sense of like bragging of like yeah i ate a whole pizza like there's yeah it is weird i I think that is true it's weird yeah we do that though and i don't i don't know if i can really exactly put my finger on Why? why but we're saying there may be it's like almost like this contradictory thing where it's like there may be something adaptive to being able to like consume that large amount of food and still be like fit and I, yeah. I don't know but then there's also something that probably if you're consuming that amount of food it's not healthy so I don't know yeah it's, it's very strange it's very strange which is why this study is so interesting mm-hmm. but so they were saying in in reference to this like overeating being adaptive They're also saying that there's a lot of ample evidence, obviously, that sustained overeating can result in body shapes that women haven't found attractive. So obviously it will cause you to gain weight over time. And a lot of the times larger weight gain is not attractive to women, scientifically speaking. So they wanted to kind of take eating behavior um, away from its relationship to body shape because... In today's world, there's a lot of ways to shed weight or avoid the consequences of overeating, such as getting, you know, uh, what's it called? Liposuction or any kind of, oh my God, what's that called? When you alter your gastric bypass? No, 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 no. It's so easy. Plastic surgery. (laughs) I (laughs) I forgot the name for that. Yeah. So you're saying there's all these different ways that we now have to, to alter our body in a more like direct malleable way we have like yeah. gym memberships we have right. all sorts of you know things that we're doing to counter that so they're trying to look at really what's more so the behavior of eating in someone else's um, presence rather than like the consequence um body shape and that preference yeah got it yes exactly so that was the intersexual selection hypothesis that they were investigating they're also going to look at it from an intrasexual selection hypothesis which would suggest Mm. that engaging in eating heavily would allow them to show off that they are like 
you know, they have these skills and advantages and more energy that makes them superior than other men. So that competition also can be shown through overeating. Um, and they're going to, they, they wanted okay. to look at that too. And I thought this was really interesting, but they had another unique interest in studying over uh, overconsumption as this idea of like risky behavior because mm. there's a long studied idea that men tend to take more hazardous risks than women. And while food consumption is not necessarily an enormous risk, but the research um, has shown, obviously, that obesity effects can constitute overeating as risky behavior because um, it can lead to a risky diagnosis. So they were interested in, like, the idea of that as well. So basically you are saying, like, they want to look at overeating as a risk and that they're coming at us with kind of two different theories and testing out which ones they would be. So mm -hmm. would you explain a little bit about what the two different competitive hypotheses they had? Yeah, they had two rival hypotheses, they called them. We can go with hypothesis one, which is men will eat more in the company of women than men dining with men. And then there's hypothesis two, which is men will eat more in the company of men than men dining with women. Okay, so this is a study that wasn't looking to say, we know and we think like this is going to happen, that men are going to eat more with men or men are going to eat more with women. They were like, let's just do an experiment mm -hmm. and see what happens because there is evidence behind both things happening. One being that men will eat more because of competition with other men and, and one yeah. being that men will eat more because they want to show off to women. Exactly. So how did they break this down and uh, do this study. Yeah, so Pizza. all of the processes were approved by the IRB, which, as we mentioned in previous episodes, is the Institutional Review Board. And they had 133 adults, 74 males, and 59 females participate in this study at an Italian restaurant, hence the pizza, in northeastern USA, where you pay a fixed price for all you can eat. So it's buffet-style pizza, salad, mm. and side dishes. Wow. Um, this is a study that I would like to be a part of, and maybe we should reach out to them so that in later replications of the study that we can we can join. Because uh, you want to yeah. eat pizza and salad. Mostly pizza. Mostly pizza. <laughs> they, they based the analysis of these participants on a sample of only 105 respondents because eight of the recruits ate alone, which obviously won't wow. give them the feedback. And then 20 provided incomplete survey responses. So there's that. The age range of males was from 18 to 81, so quite large. And the females ranged from 18 to 80. Okay. And they conducted the study during lunch hours over a two-week time period. They recruited people that were entering the restaurant, basically. And then they asked them two questions related to their restaurant choice in order to avoid like making them think about their eating preferences. So they asked them questions like, why did you choose this restaurant? Where else did you consider eating? Because um, they knew they were participating oh, okay. in a study, but they didn't want them to quite know what exactly the study was about. Right. So when people walked into this restaurant, if they said, we're going to look at how much you eat today, it would have affected potentially how they ate. Exactly. So instead they said, why did you choose this restaurant? We're right. just interested in why you came here. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. And so how did they actually gather data as to like how much food each person consumed yeah so this is probably one of my favorite parts in my brain um they had research assistants observe like 
unobtrusively observe how many slices of pizza that the diners consumed. (laughs) And then the wait staff (laughs) would then take count of how many slices were uneaten after they cleaned the table so they could have the most accurate count possible. Wait, 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 wait. As we're talking about this, I am I am just realizing I wonder how they counted the crusts because Oh no. That is a limitation of the study. That is a limitation of the study because there are crust people and there are not crust people. And if yeah. you eat the crust on three slices of pizza, you could instead eat four slices of pizza but yeah. not the crust. The that's crust so is true. trash depending on where it's from. Sometimes it's the best part. That's that's very true. You know, they should have a pizza expert as yourself. Guiding the there study. should have been a crust analysis, like, you know, because I think that would have changed it. They also should do this in Pepe's versus Sally's. We would have gotten different results. Exactly. Anyway. It's so true. And uh, <laughs> my favorite part about this was that they, like, I love these, like, research assistants that are, like, sitting in corners just, like, watching and counting how many slices people <laughs> of pizza people are eating. I just, when, um... I don't know if you remember this, but when we were in in high school, we had to do this science. exercise in our movement class, like in our in our acting in one of our acting movement classes, where we had to like go to the mall and just observe somebody's movement and write down literally everything they did. And I remember doing this and feeling like an absolute creep, just being like, she flooded her <laughs> she flooded her left pinky up in the air at least one centimeter, like. <laughs> That's that's what I do part of the study that. reminded me. I of. think that's when we were like studying master gestures and people's like things. But yes, <laughs> I think field observation of people is hysterical. It's um, so funny. It's it's, so it's funny. just fancy people watching yes. with a goal. Yes, that's all it is. That is. So they had okay. research assistant creeps for slices of pizza, and then for salads they had all customers like they they were given like a small bowl that they used to serve themselves in, and then the research assistants would observe how many bowls were filled, how many times, and then the wait staff would also subtract any uneaten or half eaten bowls after the customers had left. Okay. And then they didn't measure the side dishes since they weren't, like, the buffet's main attraction, if that makes sense. Okay. So people were mainly eating pizza and salad, it seems. Right. Okay. So that's how they that's how they measured how much people were eating. Did they gather any other data? Yeah. So at the end of their meal, the research assistant met them at the cash register, and then they asked them to complete, like, a short survey. And the survey asked them, one, to estimate the number of calories of pizza they consumed, and then two, their disagreement on a nine-point scale with the statements, I overate, I felt rushed, and I'm physically uncomfortable. So, <laughs> yeah, so they had to, like, agree or disagree with that on a nine-point scale. I love the last one. I am physically uncomfortable. How many times have you said that after eating a ton of pizza? Oh, uh, a lot. A lot of times. <laughs> okay. And so how were, how did the groups of people in the study breakdown of who is eating with who and um, like composition of basically like male and female groups. Yeah. So um, among the 60 males that were in the study, 40 of them were sitting with mixed sex groups. So that was groups of two or more people that had at least one woman and 20 of them were sitting with other men. Okay. And then among the 45 women who participated in the study, 35 were sitting within mixed sex groups and 10 were sitting with other women. Okay. So I know the title kind of spoiled it, but tell us a little bit more about the findings. So males dining with females consumed significantly more pizza and more salad than compared to males dining with males. 
So men eating with women did eat more. Yes. Okay. In contrast, the eating patterns and behavior of females didn't significantly change when they were eating with males as compared to when they were eating with other females. Oh, that's interesting. So that's a little mm-hmm. bit, that seems to be counter to prior research and what prior research has indicated or suggested, which would be, which would be that like women eat more in the presence of males. Rather, women eat less in the presence of males. Oh, did I say more? Yeah. I meant less. Yes. The whole, the whole <laughs> yeah. lettuce deer thing, you know. Right. The whole lettuce deer thing. They did interestingly find that women were significantly more likely to report that they overate or felt rushed when eating in the company of men. Which is so interesting. Hmm. And they also found evidence that women perceive themselves to eat more in the company of men, even though they didn't. Oh, so they felt that they ate more like calories of pizza when they were in a group of men than when they were in a group of women. Right. Okay. Even though it was sort of the same. One super interesting finding was that men eating with women weighed significantly less than men eating with men, while women eating with men weighed less than women eating with other women, Hmm. which is really interesting. That's almost like a characteristic of the breakdown of like the groups more so than like their eating habits, but it was like the people who came in, of the people who came into the restaurant and were in the study, people had like a lower body weight when they were with inner intermixed with different sexes than when they were with similar groups. Yeah, it, it was just interesting to see that like that's kind of how it happened cuz they didn't like specifically select these people. These were participants that they, you know, decided to join the study upon walking into the restaurant. So the fact that it broke down that way that men eating with women weighed less than men eating with other men. And then, like, women eating with men weighed less than women eating with other women is very interesting. Right. It's this, it's chance, but it could impact how much pizza right. people eat or all sorts of things, right? Exactly. And then for some specific details, which I thought the specific detail was very, very fascinating, when we look at the scientific tables, we can see that, on average, men eating with other men reported that they thought they ate 397.5 calories of pizza as an average, mm-hmm. whereas men eating with females reported thinking that they ate 478.75 calories. So almost 100 more calories that they thought they ate when they were eating with women than when they were eating with men. And this just has to do with their perception of what they ate. So they feel that they ate right. more in the presence of women. Right. Which is so interesting. I mean, there's so many. I have thousands of questions. In discussing this, it seems like there's like a lot of limitations of the study because it was somewhat chance. Could you talk about what some of the limitations of the study might be? So the author listed, uh, the authors listed a couple of limitations that they wanted us to take note of. One of the limitations is that the context for the group meals are unknown. So in other words, that the patterns... The behavior patterns that were reported, they could potentially change in like a romantic setting between two partners. Mm, mm -hmm. However, the diversity of the groups could also make the findings more striking. But it would be interesting to like actually be able to know if there is a difference depending on the reason for the meal. Right. So there might be a difference between if you're eating with like your coworker or your family or like a first date. (laughs) Exactly. 
Yeah. And then there's the limitation of a buffet-style restaurant. So would this change if it was, you know, a sit-down-and-order restaurant? Mm. Which, that's just a question. And then they also mentioned that future research should look into the potential relevance of hormones in relation to overeating. As, you know, as far as, like, testosterone or estrogen goes, you know, those... I, those like typical male female hormones but if right. they were to look into it from a hormonal perspective it may have something to do with that more than actual like you know gender relations right and and that has to do with how we found we found in the past that like having higher levels of testosterone can lead to like increased eating of spicy foods for example yeah so there's been like history in the past of hormones influencing right. food and especially if we think of gender as like non-binary how much exactly. could just even levels of like hormones um present in the body at one time influence how you eat right on top of presence of who you're who you're with, with. yeah so i guess there this is such an interesting study and i think it lends itself to a lot more future studies because like one thought i was having is like if the finding is ultimately that that men did eat more in the presence of women and that they estimated their eating to be higher in the presence of women, would that be the same, like, long-term? Like, we talked about would it be the same in different group compositions depending on, like, who was there. But also, like, would that be the same if you were, like, at home eating a meal um, or if you were with, like, the same person all the time? Or would that be, you know, different in different contexts? So I think there's so much to, like, think about in – how we eat food and what influences how much we eat. Yeah. And I and I also wonder, um, almost when we're talking about, like, who is seated with who and we noted there was, like, a weight difference, for example, mm-hmm. is there a selection effect of who might be more likely to eat with the opposite gender in, like, already? So yeah. is there – is a certain person with certain eating habits maybe – more likely to be in a group that's mixed uh, with male and female versus otherwise. Yeah, that would be really interesting to control for. Right. And there's, I think this is, again, like a very interesting study, but there would be, there could be so many like ways to maybe like replicate this in a more controlled environment to understand and piece apart all of these different things that are influencing our eating. Yeah, I I liked the study because it was fascinating and like it does make me look at things like, you know, it's one of those studies that makes you look look at things a little differently. And obviously, we'll talk about that more next week. But it is also, I think, a study to be taken with a grain of salt because there's so much more work to be done in this arena. Or a grain of sauce. <laughs> I, it, I'm sorry, guys. That was really bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I'm getting pizza for lunch, um, and that was not related to the fact that we were recording this morning at all it was always in the plan and now I feel even more desire to get pizza for lunch which is very exciting I'm getting peppies yeah wow are you oh that's the best yeah oh I'm gonna be in your hood yes you are Pepe's is the number one pizza place uh Pepe's please sponsor us I don't know very much so the number one it was but I will take any kind of sponsorship That's true, especially if it's food-related. We've talked about this before, but we would love all of our sponsorships to be food-related. Um, Taylor, because, okay, so, so we grew up, we grew up, like, right next to New Haven, and now Taylor lives in New Haven. Literally, literally, a, I don't even know if it's a five-minute walk. It may be less than a five-minute walk to, like, the number two competitive pizza places in New Haven, Connecticut, which 
you know, people don't know this, but it is the number one place to get pizza in the United States of America. And I stand by that 100%. And I live in New York City. So suck it, everyone. But Taylor, I must ask you. So we have Pepe's Modern and Sally's. Those are the three pizza places that are in the highest competition for the best pizza in New Haven. And I will not entertain bar as an option. Bar pizza, it doesn't, it does not count. So it also is um, parties, also uh, colony. There's a lot of other people that get thrown in. But colony is not, no, I will not, no, I will not entertain any of these. Sally's, Peppy's and and Modern Pizza are the three longstanding authentic competitors in New Haven. And of those three, Taylor Collins, which is your favorite? Peppy's. Also, what? I would love if we could just like do our replication of this study ourselves at our local Peppy's. <laughs> okay, I would love to do this replication, but with Sally's because Sally's is my favorite. And I've eaten an entire pizza from Sally's before by myself. <laughs> so. Maybe we would have different findings than the authors and we could email them and share and uh, yeah. compare notes. Yeah, we should let them know that just us want to replicate the study. We'd have to work on how to do this in the middle of COVID times, too. That would be another layer. That would be another limitation of our study. Takeout. Yeah, but how are we going to measure how much food they ate in the takeout? Uh, we'll send pictures. <laughs> If everyone could please send us photo evidence of how much you did or didn't eat. This has nothing to do with us judging how much you ate, except for that's exactly what we're doing. I will report back my findings as to how much pizza I ate today. I know I said, I, listen, listen, I, I feel the need to um, just rectify something that I said. I'm getting peppies for lunch. However, Sally's is my favorite, but I'm sharing this pizza and Sally's is not my favorite, is not, sorry, Sally's is not everyone in wow, my house's favorite. Wow, do you hear favorite. those Freudian slips? No, no, They are no, just no. very much so standing by. All right, I, I'm going to I'm gonna cut us off because we could go on for a long time. We really could talk about this. Sally's. Sally's, debate. I love you. We, we encourage you all to go and make decisions for yourself and then you'll probably violently disagree with regardless whatever we say because there's a there's heated debates in this area yeah strong feelings about pizza but all pizza is better than no pizza and i stand by that wow that's so true thank god for pizza in a day in an age in a year like 2020 yeah so we will be back next time to talk about the implications of this um in our lives and in a grander scale and maybe if you have any comments or or thoughts, feel free to share them. We would love to hear your feedback uh, on on pizza or on gendered eating effects or on anything else that this has triggered, even if it is a very aggressive opinion about your pizza preferences <laughs> in your local community. Yes. Please email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can slide into our DMs on Instagram at studybuddiespodcast. Uh, and like, you know, give me a call. Talk to me about pizza. I'll take it, you know? Yeah, we will. <laughs> All right, y'all. We'll see you next week. Have a kick booty week and have some pizza. Bye. Bye. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers Gonzalez. And our intro song was composed by singer-songwriter Caught In Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at gmail.com.